Hi, and welcome to the Heights Baptist Podcast. My name is Lee, and I'm one of the pastors here at Heights. And we want to thank you for joining our podcast, whether you're watching on our YouTube channel or listening on your favorite app. Uh, Here at our podcast, you're going to find uh, resources uh, galore, past sermons, podcast episodes like this that are designed to help you take your next step of faith. And today I'm joined uh, by our co-host, our worship and media pastor, Pastor Matt Hogan. So good to have you again. Good to be here. We are almost through the Beautiful Mess series in 1 Corinthians. And let's see, you got to help me because I didn't think about it before I said this out loud. That's through the first half of chapter 6. So we've gone chapter 1 through the first half of chapter 6. That's right. And then we're going to relationship status which is chapter six through the end of chapter seven. Yep. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're still plowing through first Corinthians, but we're going to call it something different. We're going to call it something weeks. just different for a few weeks, yeah. just kind of mix it up, yep. you know, but so as we've been moving through this process, we've been saying that as believers in Jesus Christ, God right now positionally sees us as beautiful. That's right. what we call kind of positional sanctification. He set us apart. He sees us like his son, Jesus righteous, but practical everyday lives. We're still being sanctified. We're still being made to be like Christ and we're messy. Yes. Right. So today's topic, introduce us. What mess are we in today? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So this is going to be a fun one. Um, actually what we're going to talk about today is we're, we're going to, we're do a follow-up from last, from last Sunday. Right. And we're talking about the, the big idea of what we're talking about is something we call church discipline. Right. Now this is not fun. Yeah. Because um, what we're talking about is, is when there comes a time in the life of a church when you may have to ask people to no longer be mem- members of the church, right. which, yeah. is, which is just awful. It's hard. Yeah. It's very hard. And so this comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and that was the message that I just preached. And so you know, maybe if you haven't listened to that message, go back and listen to that and then come back to the podcast, and this may make a little more sense to you. Mm-hmm. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, what we see is a a man that is engaged in an open known sin, like Paul points that out, that people know about the sin within the life of the church. Um, there's no repentance there. There's no mourning there. There's no confessing it. There's no trying to not do it. And actually, you know, Paul says the people, even the church members are arrogant about it. Yeah, they're, they're really excited about they're it. They're really excited about it. And I, it, it always is interesting to me that Paul even points out, like not even the pagans engage in this, you know, and and in that time in the Roman Empire, of course, there was Jewish laws against this certain sin, but even the Roman Empire, Cicero says, this even in practice among us, so so it's a pretty heinous sin, Um, and then then Paul goes through that process in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, like you said, his church discipline, where once the person's approached, and we're trying to get them back on track, um, so I think we need to probably reiterate this as I did on Sunday. Restoration's always the goal. We're approaching a brother or sister in Christ that's caught up in a sin, trying to restore them back in the faith where they need to be. That's always the goal. But sometimes that may lead to a process of removing the membership or forbidding them from taking the Lord's Supper until they get that right. You know. And so why, though, is that? for members of a church. And, you know, so let's kind of talk about here at Heights membership, why that's important and and how you even join a local church like ours. 
Gotcha. Well, um, different churches are going to have different kind of standards. Here at Heights, we have basically, a, there's basically four requirements for membership. Um, you have to have, be a believer in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so we, we have what's called a Discover Heights uh, class where we get together with folks. We have them share their testimony. How did you come to know Jesus? What's your experience with Jesus been like? We kind of just want to kind of double check that these people are believers in Jesus. Yeah. You have to be baptized as a believer. Um, you have to take the class, right. you know, so that's kind of, you know, part A, part B and part C. Yeah. And then there's a fourth requirement that we go over in the context of the class where we basically say, we don't want there to be a known ongoing unrepentant sin right. in your life. Right. This does not mean that we're looking for perfect people. Yeah. We're very clear that all of us are in process. Like you said, we, we, we are justified uh, by grace through faith, we stand before God because of our faith in Jesus Christ as people that are that are made righteous. But we're being sanctified. We're in the process of being sanctified, which means we're hopefully growing to be more and more like Jesus all right. the time. None of us are there yet. Right. You know, we don't believe that any of us are there yet until we meet Jesus in glory. Yeah. So yeah. all of us are in that process. But but as you're looking at your life, we don't want there to be you know a, a known uh, ongoing unrepentant sin. Right. And so that's one of the one of the requirements that we have for membership. And one of the reasons why we do that is so hopefully we don't get to a place further down the road where we have to exercise this kind of very, um, very unfortunate church discipline where we, we have to remove somebody yeah. because of a known ongoing unrepentant sin. Right. So we try and kind of take care of that at the beginning rather than later down the road. Yeah. And and membership, we use the term partner membership here because we are saying we're partnering together to make disciples of Jesus, mm -hmm. you know, to spread the gospel. And as brothers and sisters in Christ, when we partner as a local church in membership, there are those responsibilities we have for each other to, to watch after each other and care for each other. And when we see that happening in the life of someone kind of going off the track, so to speak, it's our responsibilities as brothers and sisters in the family to go, no, 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 you're, you're, you're drifting. Mm -hmm. Like you, you need to come back. And, and you said it well, it's a known sin that you're not repentant of and it's ongoing. So first Corinthians five, this was an ongoing practice in this guy's life. It wasn't just a oops, one time did it. Uh, but it's also something that they're not, and you use the term repent, so we'll just make sure everybody understands what that is real quick. That means to turn, right? you know, so to do a 180, you know, I'm, so I'm turning from that and I'm turning back to Jesus. It's, it's that attitude of a person of, no, no, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not getting right with the Lord on that. Right. You know, and so I've always said that it, it concerns me more when I run into a Christian who goes, yeah, I know that's wrong, but I don't care but I don't care. You know, I would rather work with a person who is, says, I'm a Christian and I have this sin in my life and I know it's a sin in my life and I'm trying to do something about it. Mm -hmm. So I always use the term like, how are you fighting sin? Are you fighting it well? All right, man, that guy's fighting it well. Okay, we, we can really work with that yeah. versus somebody who goes, yeah, I know it's sin. It's not a big deal and I don't care. I'm not doing anything about it. That's where we're starting to have more of this church discipline conversation, mm -hmm. you know, where we have to come a little different approach. And so let's, let's think about that because 1 Corinthians 5 is not the only place we would see church discipline mentioned. You right. know, it's in 2 Thessalonians. Paul mentions it in Romans. He mentions it in 2 Corinthians as well. Uh, but also Matthew 18. 
Jesus talks about this a little bit uh, in the Gospels. And in Matthew 18, verse 15, he says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. And so there again, that's that heart of restoration we have. Uh, Verse 16, but if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as Gentiles and a tax collector. So what's Christ getting at? How does that process work? The key principle there is you keep the circle as small as possible. Right. Now, this is totally the opposite of what we want to do, (laughs) right? When we have a conflict with a person or when we're aware of somebody that's fallen in some way, what we usually want to do is we want to go talk to everybody except that person. Right. We want to go and gain allies. Yeah. And, and, And I'll be real honest with you. Sometimes we do this and we feel like we feel like we're doing a good thing. We, we are not thinking consciously, I'm going to go and recruit myself an army against this other person. Yeah. We actually are thinking, oh, this doesn't look right to me. I don't feel good about this. Let me go talk to another person and maybe get some insight and get some counsel. And so then you go talk to two or three or four other people yeah. to get sort of, oh, now I saw so-and-so doing such and such. And what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Now, that feels like that feels noticed. Oh, I'm worried about so-and-so. Yeah. Okay. That's not the process that Christ has called us to. The, cr- the process that Christ has called us to that's, that's there in Matthew 18 is go first one-on-one right. to the person who's in sin. And this, is, this, this is sin. This isn't a difference of opinion. Yeah. This isn't a disagreement. This is, you know, somebody is in the wrong. You say, brother, you're doing this. This is what you should be doing. Yeah. You keep that as small as possible. You know, and, and the other thing that I think is really important about this process, again, let's, let's make sure we understand this is a process. This is not three strikes and you're out. Yeah. There may be multiple conversations over multiple days or multiple weeks where you're talking to this person one-on-one yeah. before you kind of take it to the next level. And the next level is where you, that's where you bring in a small, trusted mm-hmm. group of friends. Yeah. Hopefully a small trusted group of people that love and care about this person. Right. Not the ones that you're not, not your allies that you've recruited against that person. Yeah. Right. You're, you're calling people who, um, who love and care about that person. Mm-hmm. And that's where you say, okay, you know, that, that's where you kind of go to the next level. And again, that might be a process that that's multiple conversations. Yeah. This isn't something, you know, Oh, I, I, I talked to Joe. I did it the one time right. I did my part. Yeah. No, like yeah. the whole idea is that we want to, we want to, we're concerned about this person. We want to love and care for this person. We want this person back on track where they're growing, where they're becoming more like Jesus, where they're mm-hmm. continuing to be a disciple of yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So you, you kind of think of it, like you said, you, you start small and then it grows. So you can almost think of it like little circles, a small circle, a little bigger, a yep. little bigger. Um, and I like the way you pointed that out because it's true. It's multiple. It's not Jesus going one, two, three. You know, we, we figure this out in a week. You know? no. um, it is those multiple ongoing conversations. And I think depending on how you move through the process also depends on the person right. and their reaction, mm-hmm. you know, as far as, as are they, are they receiving that kind of instruction? Are they, are they beginning to understand and see, yeah, maybe this is a sin I need to deal with? Or are they, are they kind of stiff arming you 
you know, and, and kind of pushing back the whole time through the process. So I don't think there is a one size fits all approach as a local church when we have to do this. Um, you know, and, and, and let's kind of think through that process a little bit more. So you had said, all right, I, you know, I'm going to that person over and over, not gaining any really head ground. So maybe that's when you bring a pastor involved. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if this is a congregation member going to a congregation member. Right. You know. Um, or maybe like a life group leader. Or a life group leader. Or another close friend. Right. You know, and then so, or in my case, if I'm working with someone, then maybe it's another staff member or a deacon that mm-hmm. I bring in. When you get it to the church, that, you know, Jesus is saying there, and this is going to be obviously where we kind of go back to 1 Corinthians 5, because Paul in 1 Corinthians 5 is talking about removing them from fellowship, mm-hmm. you know, that we're not fellowshipping with them anymore. This is where, as a, again, membership matters in this regard, you know, because in a local church, if we don't have membership, then who are we responsible to care for? You know, and I've always wondered that about other local churches where they don't they don't have church membership. It's like, okay, well, who's your flock? You know, I mean, like, right. you know, on a practical everyday level, who has God assigned you to care for as leaders within that local church? And, you know, and if you don't have that, then it's like, well, how do you practice this? Because at that point, if you have to, as a church, and this, again, this would be a church vote, um, you have to go and say, hey, all right, I've, I've got Tom over here and, you know, you, you know, at a business meeting, Here's what's happened, and here's what we've tried to do to bring him again back to restoration. That's always the key. We're trying to restore. We've not gotten to that point. Um, Then the local church could vote to say, listen, you're welcome to come to church because we're not blocking them from coming. Right. But it may be removing membership or blocking from the Lord's Supper until he gets that right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think we miss that because of 1 Corinthians 11, right. Paul's like, listen, there's some of you who are sick and who have died because you're taking this in an unworthy manner right. and you're not confessing sin. You've got sin you've not confessed. And so, hey, Tom, to protect you, I mean, we don't want you to take this in an unworthy manner. So we're going we're gonna to let you, until you get this right, you can't do that. That's a painful process. Have you ever been down that far in a, in a local church? Mm-mm. Yeah. Usually when this has come up in the context of like a church business meeting, they're talking about people that we haven't seen in a really long time. Right. So it's, it, you know, it, yeah. you know, we're removing Joe from membership. This is the reason. But I mean, I've been at that church for several years and I've never met Joe. Yeah. So I've never been, I personally have never been in a situation where we had to remove somebody from membership that was, you know, a a current faithful member. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that I, you know, when I was in my twenties, um, I, I thought I knew everything like most people in their twenties do. And I remember (laughs) thinking, okay, if I, if I attend regularly and I serve and I give, why do I need to be a member of my church? Like I remember being kind of arrogant about that Mm -hmm. thing. What's the point of membership if I'm a faithful, you know, attender, giver, and, and, and servant, you right. know what I mean? One of the things that is important when it comes to partner membership is you being willing to place yourself under the spiritual authority yeah. of your of your pastors. Right. You know, when you become a member of a church, you are giving, uh, you are giving your pastor, your staff, maybe your life group leader, other people in church leadership, permission to come alongside you in this process. Yeah. You know, whereas, and that's something that you don't necessarily have if you never join a church. Right. You know? Yeah, no, that's good. And, and I've never gotten 
to the point of a church vote with someone, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we've practiced discipline throughout my ministry. We do here at Heights. I mean, there's times where we've had to go to some people privately and say, hey, we've noticed this, we've seen this, we've heard this, we've witnessed this. Um, I've found in 17 years, two things usually happen. One, either the person gets right with the Lord and mm-hmm. they're like, hey, thanks. I mean, I, there was not in this situ- current, but another ministry position. Um, I was telling you earlier, I had to go visit a couple that was engaged in something uh, that was not biblical. And so I'm in their house and I got to bring this up and I'm thinking, oh, brother, I'm about to get thrown out the door. <laughs> Am I going to get you know, escorted out? Am I going out the front window? Like, what's good? Because the guy was much bigger than I was. You know, so I was like, oh. but we were Matthew 18 in it. So I wasn't to the point where I could take someone with me. And, but, you know, I sat down and very lovingly showed them scripturally where, what was, what the Bible said. And they were, you know, they were fairly new believers in Christ. And I can remember they were like, you're the first person to ever tell us what we're doing is wrong. We don't want to do that. Let's show us how to do it right. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this went great, you know. So there is that, that this, this is the point, is to bring them back to restoration, to bring them back in right standing with God, to get them on the right track. So that can happen, but what I've also seen is people just go, who are you to tell me what to do and believe? I'm out of here. And they'll just leave, you know, um, which is sad, you know. So I, I've never had to go all the way through the whole Matthew 18 process where the church has had to vote. Um, I've had friends who've had to, and, and like you said, that's heartbreaking because that's the thing in 1 Corinthians 5, Paul's like, you guys are rejoicing in this, whereas believers in Jesus Christ, we don't rejoice in sin, we mourn it. Right. You know, and, and so it should shock us when there is that open known sin among us as believers that's not being mourned, but we're also more shocked sometimes that the world sins you know, <laughs> more than what we sin. You know, we were kind of like, well, how dare these lost people sin like that? No, no, we should be shocked when we do that. Well, I think that's why it's so important that Paul kind of talks about that at the end of the chapter. Yeah. He, he says, I, I told you to stay away from certain kinds of people. I didn't mean lost people. Right. You know, he's very clear about the fact, you know, sometimes we're shocked and appalled when the world acts like the world, yeah. when lost people act like lost people. Yeah. We should never be shocked when lost people act like lost people. We should be shocked when the church acts like lost right. people. Yeah. That's when we need to be upset. That's yeah. when we need to be concerned. Right. You know, uh, and I think, unfortunately, sometimes we get that backwards where yeah. we have a tendency to sort of isolate ourselves from a culture that's clearly not, you know, not following after the Lord. And we want to be shocked when something happens out in culture. And then when something happens uh, in the life of the church, we tend to sort of ignore, procrastinate, look the other way, downplay, rationalize, not a big deal. When really it should be the other way around. We should be totally not shocked when the world acts like the world. And we should be very concerned when the church acts like the world. Right. And so how, how do you respond if someone goes, okay, this is very negative. (laughs) This is unloving for a church member to do that with another church member, you know, this whole discipline. I know we don't like discipline that word at all, Mm -hmm. but really you, you see discipleship there, you know, how do, how do we react to that where it's like, no, this is unloving to do that, or this is mean or negative. So, uh, the big, the big idea is that it's necessary. Mm-hmm. We have to 
be one of the things that we have to do as believers is be constantly uh, encouraging one another in the faith to be more like Jesus. We want to, you know, uh, re reprove, rebuke, exhort, right. encourage each other to right living, right conduct, discourage each other from bad behavior. One of the things that I think is important as you're engaging with this process is this needs to come from somebody who loves and cares about the person. Yes. This doesn't come from somebody who's a stranger. Right. You know, that's again, Matthew 18, let's keep this circle small. Yeah. You know, the person who is interacting with the person who is, who's dealing with the sin right. needs to be somebody this person knows and loves and knows cares about them. Yeah. That's important. That's the, it's going to come from a completely different place right. when it's somebody that they know loves and cares about them than when it's, you know, maybe a deacon they've never met right. or right. some other person in the church that they barely know their name. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's important. You know, yeah. let's, let's, let's allow this to happen from somebody who, for, so that it comes from a place of love. And once again, our goal is always restoration. Right. Yeah. And you know, Galatians 6 verse 1, Paul commands us to do this in a loving way. Mm -hmm. If you see another brother or sister in Christ that's called in sin, approach them gently, approach them gracefully with love, you know, knowing that we're not perfect people either. Right. Um, and I always kind of come back with folks, you know, that push back on this process. And, and really, it's a discipleship type of process because we're trying to help people grow in their faith. Right. Um, that may say, oh, you're being mean or you're being unloving is... I'll say, you know what's unloving is if I drive by your house and I notice your house is on fire and I don't let you know your house is on fire. Right. Like that's unloving. <laughs> I mean, like that, that would be bad of me to do is to go, hey, Matt, I don't know if you know it, but your house is on fire. That, that's the loving thing to do. The unloving thing is to just ignore it. Like you said earlier, sweep it under the rug. I don't want to get into this. I don't want to get my hands dirty, you know, mm -hmm. messy playing off our beautiful mess. Um, you know, and so I, I think that's, that's where we need to, to caution each other is this, the first Corinthians five or somebody that's in this process of an open, known, unconfessed sin that they're showing no remorse over. Paul's really saying that they're showing that they're not a Christian at this moment. Right. And we need to treat that that way. You know, that's what Jesus says in Matthew 18, you treat him like a tax collector and a Gentile. Well, Okay, then that means you're outside the family right now. We want to bring you in. You know, we're going to go to you. We're going to help you. We're going to love you. We're going to share the truth with you. Because right now, what you say you believe is not matching up with what you're doing. Right. And we need to help that match. So, Very much so. Yeah. Well, good. Any other final thoughts on, on this topic? Um, I, I just keep thinking about sort of the, the, that word discipline. Yeah. And, you know, the word discipline and the word discipleship, they're, they're part of, they're, they come from the same word. And so this very, un, you know, that the, the, usually when we talk about church discipline, we're talking about that last resort. We've walked right. through this process where we're, we're taking a vote in a business meeting. We've done everything we can to get to this. What's yeah. really important, I think, is that we're constantly as a church and as believers, we're engaged in discipleship yeah. and we're, we're involved in spiritual disciplines. Right. So that's things like, are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Are you sharing your faith? Are you in a life group? Are you a part of a local church? These are things that are, are, are a part of the life of the church so that this other really bad, negative, last resort type of church discipline doesn't happen. Right. You know, or at least if it does, you know, it happens at the end of a long process of being called to follow Jesus. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't, it should not come as a, you know, when you sit down with somebody, 
you know, and you're having to have this really hard conversation, it should not be the first time someone has encouraged them to get into the word, you're to right. pray, to yeah. be a part of it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like yeah. this, 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 uh, you know, this, this discipline has to be a part of discipleship and connected right. to discipleship. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, deep end of the pool conversation on that one. <laughs> and this is one thing that I love, that is, I love. And then sometimes it's like, hmm, of preaching through books of the Bible. Right. Because when we preach through books of the Bible, we're committed here at Heights not to skip stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're just going to hit it. We're going to move on. So there's beauty in preaching through the books of the Bible because you get to talk about all kinds of different subjects. And then there's passages like this one that is like, oh, man, I got to preach that next. <laughs> oh, that one's coming, you know, but it's, it's good. It's all the word of God and we're going to preach it here. And so next podcast, lawsuits. Nice. Why can we not sue each other? <laughs> it just gets easier and lighter from here. So we want to thank you for joining us today. And uh, if you are in our area, we'd love to see you in person on a Sunday morning. We have in-person worship services and life groups, which our life groups are our ongoing uh, Bible study groups that meet throughout the week and here on Sunday mornings. Uh, and Sunday morning is at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. If you're not able to join us in person, we have those worship services streamed live on our Heights Baptist YouTube page and our Heights Baptist Facebook page on Sundays at 9 and 10.30 a.m. as well. So if you have not yet, click subscribe button on YouTube or the thumbs up like button there on Facebook so you can stay current with all of our information in our church. Until next time, God bless and hope you have a wonderful week.